Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Bron. Bron is an arts producer who has stage managed more award ceremonies than she's ever been invited to. And Charlotte is an actress who spends too much time practicing her Oscar award winning speech and not enough time watching Oscar award winning films. This is the podcast where we watch great Australian films and try to learn as much as we can about what makes a film beloved. Welcome to At the Movies with Charlotte and Bron. where I realised that our original pitch for this show was that it was supposed to be sort of like a learning podcast, like yeah. kind of educational. <laughs> because this is our first episode with a guest. Yeah. And when I invited him to come mm. on the podcast, I think he really thought, oh, we're going to be talking learning. about Australian film. And he came prepared with facts. Yeah, yeah. He wanted. He was a teacher of sorts. Yeah. An educator of, and in film. We did not come with facts. No. <laughs> <laughs> we were bad students. Well, you oh, were good. You're always an A-plus student. Oh, my God. Thank you. And don't. I don't know if that was really a compliment. No, it's not. It's not. Which is why, yeah, I hated, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like when I was listening back to this episode, I was like, I'm learning stuff now that I was not learning during the <laughs> podcast. I was like, this is interesting. Like, I'm going to take that fact away with me. During oh, the good. podcast, I was like, how weird is Heath Ledger's Australian accent? <laughs> anyway, please enjoy. So... I'm excited to, to talk about this movie today because I do feel like I learned a lot about it from watching. Uh, sorry, a lot about film. <laughs> I do feel like I learned a lot about the movie, the movie after I watched. After the I movie. watched it, mm. but I do feel like it was one of those uh, rare things where I was both enjoying the film enough that I was getting carried away with the story and noting things in it that I was like, oh, that's smart or like that's clever. Do you know what I mean? It's a good movie. It's a, it's just a downright good it's movie. It's a good movie. It's a movie I'm really excited to talk about on the podcast. Yes. I don't know why it's called Two Hands. Maybe we'll get I to do. the bottom of it. But you know what? We'll, we'll get I to d- the bottom of it. We don't have to get to the bottom of it. It's oh. very clear in the story. What? Is this gonna? Is this episode going to be that I understood the plot of the film? Surely not. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> um, but I would like to introduce mm. our very first guest to the podcast. This is his favourite film, and I know that he's got a lot to talk about uh, within the story of the film and also the story surrounding the film. Ooh. So I would like to welcome Alfred Nickdow, who is a Filipino-Australian actor. He was one of the first Asian faces on Australian television and you may know him from iconic Australian productions, Blue Healers, Round the Twist, The Adventures of Lena and Woodley, Tomorrow When the War Began, Offspring and Fisk. This year, for the very first time, he will play a Filipino-Australian character on screen in the second season of the acclaimed series Love Me. Please welcome my dad, Alfred Nickdow. Yay! <laughs> I'm here! Thank you very much for having me on your Beautiful podcast. Oh, we though. are absolutely yeah. privileged and honoured. What a list, Alf. <laughs> yes, a list. it's a resume. Like I feel like I can take it for granted sometimes because I a lot like a lot of those shows you were working on when I was a child and didn't understand 
how cool that was. But now sometimes I look at your bio and I'm like, this is crazy. You have been like a, a, a stalwart of the Australian screen for decades now. I got lucky, didn't I? I don't think yeah. it's luck. I don't I, think it's luck. Everything is like a big, massive accident and you just fall into it and hopefully things will go the way the universe tells it to go and not too dissimilar to what happened in two hands. Oh, oh he can do a he's segue. He's a professional in our midst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've decided that Bron will be providing oh. the synopses. <laughs> Because I've realised that she's not, you're not good at it. How dare you? But but here's the thing. Earlier we were talking about another film, not an Australian film, mm. uh, and you were explaining the plot to Dad and you did a really good job of a synopsis. Is it that I'm not succinct enough? Well, you were explaining the plot of this other film, The Square, as like, this is broadly what it's about mm. and these are the sort of touchstones that happen. When you started trying <laughs> to explain the plot of Two Hands, you were like, what? and then there's fire in front of him. And he, <laughs> like, That's like, not important. I just watched it. It's fresh <laughs> in my mind. I haven't seen The Square in a long time. I was literally just saying what I recall. So if I have not seen the film, how would you, you know, sell it to me? Yeah. We open. <laughs> Heath, our Heath is in our a lot Heath. of trouble. Our Heath. Can, uh, should we have a moment for our Heath? There's your five seconds. Oh. <laughs> our Heath. Our Heath, yes. Okay, our Heath. He, we open. He's in a lot of trouble. Our Brian Brown, the baddie of yeah, Australia. Yeah, the best Ew. big baddie of Pando. Australia. Pando. Pando. He's in, tr- he's in heat with Pando and he's about to get shot, but... It cuts. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't happen until way later in the film, but you're doing it scene by scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the synopsis. Yeah. Maybe, Dad, do you want to do, do, do a synopsis? Um, I was thinking about it on the way here, and I decided that it's like the 90s version of Mr. In Between. Oh. It, it's a comedy. Yes. Mm. You know, I boil it down to comedy and it's just a lot of petty criminals in the you know, in, in King's Cross and how these, you know, petty criminals cross each other's paths. I mean, yeah, yeah that's a great is. synopsis. That's a, yeah. You're right. That's that's a really good synopsis. <laughs> and, I see, I'm understanding better what a synopsis is. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we know now that the film starts off with Pando, Brian's Brown character, pointing a gun at Jimmy, uh, Heath Ledger's character, and yes, we don't know. So, and and, it, and yeah. right from the get-go, I have to say my like first thought and my first note, and I wonder if I'm going to have these notes for every episode, every movie that we watch. Heath Ledger's Australian accent is so wonderful. Like that's just how he talks. I know, I oh. know, but but but. I don't know if you know this. Here's some trivia for you all. This he this movie was released the same year as Ten Things I Hate About You. What? Yes. The question oh, I want to yes. ask you is, which film did he film first? I don't know. I, I'm going to guess Two Hands, but I'm guessing it's a 50-50. He actually shot Ten Things I Hate About <gasps> You and then flew back to Australia to do Two Hands. Wow. Oh. What Isn't a big that, year for him. Yeah. And also kind of wild to like, I mean, I don't know if 10 Things would have been considered like a big Hollywood film. It I was mean, a Disney film. It was oh. a Disney film. 
Yeah. It's a Shakespeare remake. I mean, of course. It would have been seen as fluff. Yes. Not yeah. the cult classic it that is it has today. turned into. But 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 all that to say, his Australian accent in that is not the same as his Australian accent in no. Two Hands. And and I think that that's like credit to his performances in those films and like knowing what movie he's in. You and know? can I just add, it's also a credit to all the actors he worked with because he was surrounded by one of the best in the business. The main characters, obviously, is himself and um, a very young Rose Byrne. Uh, Who is also perfect. Can somebody tell me how old she was when she did this film? Little. (laughs) It's her first feature. Really? She was 18. Oh, my God. But I believe it. They're babies. It's part of why it's my favourite movie, like baby Rose Byrne and baby Heath. With this... The best scene. Oh, they're so... I mean... Heath was 19 years old. Yeah. I... Her so also her. I mean, one of the things that I wrote in my notes is like they every character in this film, even though they're all outsized and it's like the criminal underworld, which I know nothing about, everyone feels so familiar. Mm. It's like everyone kind of feels like a distant uncle mm-hmm. or like a cousin. Or Rose Byrne is like, I just feel like I went to school with that character, like exactly the way I, I was her, like the mm. way that she talks, like. It's so, um, all the performances are so real, which is kind of wild for a film that is kind, is outrageous. Yeah. yeah, it is outrageous. This I don't want to jump ahead because we haven't even talked about the opening sequence where there are flames on screen. And like, I love that so <laughs> oh, yeah. much. Oh, the opening credits. Yes, yes, yes. yes I put all that. I as well. The, the, bring back that kind of opening credits. What is and, that? And the music. The yes. music. Sing the electric good. guitar, the distortion. And just like, all wow. All the music is so good. And I tried to find it. We are we're jumping all over the place. <laughs> I tried to find because I love all the um, jazz music in, in the it. throughout. Like it's a pretty eclectic soundtrack. Mm. But all that jazz, I was like, all that jazz. <laughs> I was like, who made this? Like, where, and I couldn't. I couldn't find. I looked up some stuff about the mm. soundtrack, but I wonder if it was just the guy that did the, the soundtrack. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I just say first and foremost, like because we're discussing about the film and I don't want to, you know, talk about what happened in the film, but I want to talk about the people in the film. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, Gregor Jordan, that was his uh, first feature film, I think. Yes, and you know what else he directed? Tell us, Charlotte. It seems like you might... I did know, and now I've forgotten. Yeah, uh, Ned Kelly, thank <laughs> you. That's right. <laughs> well, he got a bunch of blockbusters after after yes, this film, he right? Did too. Yeah, and um, yeah, he was only thirty-one years old. My gosh, that's how old oh, we are. I'm thirty-two. Yeah. Bow, bow. Yeah. That's he was too late. And... But, but we, the whole point of this podcast is that we want to learn about Australian film so we can make a great Australian film. Mm. It's not, I mean, we're about oh, the right age. That's yes. true. This is the that's age true. that we could yeah. be. And I will tell you my story because this is made, you know, the film was created late 90s. I think they shot it between 97 and 98. I think 1997 uh-huh. they shot it. 1996, I was doing a TV series on the ABC called Mercury uh-huh. with a bunch of, you know, amazing Australian talents from, you know, like a... Uh, uh, um, uh, Mainly, you know, from Australian stage. But anyway, from time to time while we're shooting, <laughs> we're going to get visitors to come in. And mm. one of them was an actor named Steve Vidler. Stephen Vidler. Oh, the brother. The brother. The dead right? brother. And yes. one day he Perfectly said, cast. he came in and he said, 
Man, I just finished directing this feature film because he's also a director. Oh. A feature film called Black Rock. Black Rock. And he said, there's this actor in it. And you guys are going to freak out. And the, like we were just sitting there in Bader Brega. Well, 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 what is, what, what's his name? Because he's from Perth. His name is Heath Ledger. Wow. And this guy is only 16 or 17 at the time and said, he's going to be big. And because like he was just like, and he was the director. It's so crazy that you remember that. We we had to remember because he told us to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> he led you. A you director know? told but, me to remember yeah. it. That's and, literally my job. Because you you know how you, you you do it. You know, like you walk in and you know, like you 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 work with people and they just oh wow, you know, like that that talent is just one amazing guy and, yes you know, like, yeah and you try and share and just watch that name. yeah yeah it's, yeah because also be, you want to be like you want to be part of the people that knew before know. everyone knew yeah, yeah it's true yeah. yeah and then we all go oh yeah hit ledger and then you know two hands came along and they go oh, yeah it's okay i mean this is the thing about the australian film and television industry isn't it like it's little it's yeah it's mm. little in a in kind of a beautiful way and i suppose even just within like these episodes that we've done so <laughs> far like Brian Brown, Big Baddie episode one. Brian Brown, Big, Big Baddie, Baddie episode two. <laughs> like when, you know, when someone's like good at their thing, they stick around for yeah. a while and they do that job and they do it really well. Yeah. And then everyone sort of gets to know each other. That's nice. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, the name David Field is another name that you have to know. That's it. He's the second in charge, baby. Yeah. He, yes. uh, David Field. Played... I love that Bron knows that I'm not going to know <laughs> who the I'm names just... of any of the actors. Like, I'm the one of the two of us that's supposed to know about movies. <laughs> but you're like, she will have watched the film and been like, this is fun and not like looked on IMDb. Not like... <laughs> <laughs> like earlier I was like, oh, I know another movie that he directed and Bron really looked at me like, do you though? <laughs> well, David Field is very well known as a really, really good bad guy. He's a yeah, go-to. When you a need a villain guy. in a TV show, Blue Healers. That trio of bad guys is amazing. Tom Long, usually the sweetheart. I know. So he changed the dish. Mm. But in this one, stubby wearing, thong wearing bad How's guy. How's that? Hey, the, the, like the, the shorty short shorts the shorty with short the t-shirts shorts. tucked in. Oh, I just love everyone in this movie. Yeah. We were talking about um, the Triangle of Sadness and mm. there was the, you know, the actress, I've forgotten her name, who played Yaya. Mm. And she passed away suddenly of um, encephal encephalitis. Encephalitis, yeah. Yeah, and the, the link between that and this film is that, unfortunately, Tom Long, who played Wally, mm. uh, passed away. Did he? That, at the age of 51. I never oh, knew gosh. this. Yes, yep. So, um, oh. and it was quite sad. I remember, you know, when I heard the news about early 2000, oh no, 2010-ish, 2011. It, it's, yeah, because he was such a great actor. Oh, I mean, sea change. That, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah so I, that's good. news to me, Alf. You've got to warn a girl before you yeah. tell him how long is dead. 2020, he passed away. Oh, <laughs> that's quite my. recent. You yeah. need a moment. <laughs> Sorry, I just... I'm remember. okay, I'm okay. Well, a moment. For Tom Long. A moment for Tom Long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay. Been through how much we love the opening credits and the music and the actors listed in the opening credits. That's right. Okay. So opening credit. I don't know actually if it comes before the opening credits. The brother, Fiddler, the monologue, the yeah. ghost. We get the yeah. introduction of the brother kind yes. of looking over. He's our narrator for the film. And he gives his great to camera about like, 
it's a very Australian monologue. It is. Just being like, if you've been through something crap, some bloke's written it down before you. <laughs> I, lo- I love, th- I love that monologue. It's really though. good. Yeah. I think that there's always a bit of a danger with doing some overarching message or lesson with mm. it being a bit twee. Yeah. Can I just say that when the movie was first released, a lot of the critics hated him. Really? The performance? They, the, no. Well, it's the, just the, an the interesting... The it's fact a really... that there is that person, like, people could not relate to it, but, um, you know, like, it's not until you watched it for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time mm. that it kind of makes sense because he's the one who puts the thread Yes, together. and that's it. It does feel like it's a movie about, like, sliding doors or, like, yeah. walks it's in like the road. It's like chance and yeah. choices yeah. and moments. And he is the one, he's like the angel on Heath's mm. shoulder. Like, yeah. that's, mm. and, and it's like you look at, and it, uh, one thing I did find, I'm getting ahead of myself, but one thing I did find interesting about his character is that it feels like there's the point in the film where his character disappears or leaves, Mm. um, but the influence of his character stays, like the luck that Heath's character, what is it, Jimmy, Mm. the luck that Jimmy continues to have after he's gone. What luck does he have after he's gone? So much luck. Like, he doesn't get shot in the bank robbery. The, the radio... doesn't leave him then. Yes, oh, he yes, leaves he him does. on the train on the way yes, back yes, to right. the... This is how you do a synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> but synopsis without having any spoilers, I hope. No, no, we're oh, doing we're spoilers. All spoilers. We're all spoilers. Because we have listeners in here right now. That should, should have, have done their homework. They've had years and years to <laughs> see the They've had years to see the movie. I love that the brother, because it is a weird, like, everything else is set in such reality that it is really weird to have this almost, like, ghost character that is so And that opening shot of him as well is so... Digging up from hell. Yeah, it's Purgatory. So... Yeah. yeah. He's in purgatory He's in trying purgatory. to get himself back to heaven. It's that's so... It. That's how I read it. And it is. It's so abstract as mm, well mm, when mm. the rest of it is, like, pretty grounded. Mm. I love that element. Me too. Yeah. But I can understand how at the time David Stratton like from the movie show on SBS. Oh, interesting. Gave it... interesting. It was called the movie show, was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's different to yeah. what ours is called. Good. Yeah. And him and Margaret Pomerance, you guys know them. Familiar. Yeah. A little bit familiar. Yeah, little Our bit podcast familiar. is called At the Movies with Charlotte and Bron. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he gave the movie four out of five and he said he took a point off because of the brother, the man. Oh, really? I wish David yeah. was here today for me to implore him. Like, please yeah. give How good give him is. a second chance. Yeah, but he only saw it once, you see. Idiot. Mm. Yeah. Fool. Yeah. And That's... what, do you remember what Margaret said? I, no, I don't. I don't remember. Well, I loved it. I'm giving it a five. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's good. <laughs> the movie really does then drop us into the 90s Sydney street. Yes. Sydney's so much a character in this movie. Uh, Sydney was like the third um, lead <laughs> protagonist in the, in film. <laughs> uh, and if I may just add to that, I think I watched it again before I came mm. in here and I looked at it and I said, this is why it's so important for us to create contemporary films yes. right, of our time. Mm. You know, like that, they created it, you know, mid to late 90s. And we are now watching what it was what Sydney what was, was like, like back in the 90s. And mm. you feel it. You feel like you've traveled there. You know, like you see Bondi, you see CBD, you see The Rocks. And it felt like, yes, that's how it must it's have true. been like. 
And you know, we should do that more mm. in you know, like contemporary right now, twenty twenty three. Let's create make a story films. set right yeah. now. Yeah, you know, so set true. in Sydney Road, set in you know, in mm. Ligon Street. Because so, it's so fun to yes. see and re- like remember those times. Yeah, and and I suppose like Australia doesn't really like doing that, do we? Well, I mean, we've got a real nostalgia in our filmmaking. What are you basing that on? I don't know. I feel like. A lot of, I wonder if this is true of like all television and film perhaps, but like I do feel like a lot of the things that people get excited about, well, it's either set in a previous decade or set in the outback. Yeah. Mm. The, the, do you but think the, that that's the, not true? I'm, I think, I feel like what you're talking about, because I think a little bit more with TV, we try to like flatten it into like a general Australian yes. place. Whereas in f- movies, I feel like we locate ourselves a bit more in like... Specifically. Yeah. Mm. That's true. I guess I haven't seen enough Australian films to... Not yet. And, <laughs> yeah, and you should. And I think that's what this podcast is about, isn't it? It's literally Truly exactly what exactly it is about. We should yeah. all make an effort to support our local industry. <laughs> and, and anyone listening to the podcast right now, feel free to just say, you know, like send a, a message and yes. any, any contemporary Thanks, films Dad, that you'd really... like for Bron and Charlotte to that's review. Right. We need all the hints. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, we should be doing more audience engagement in this. I think you should. Any sponsors? Any please. sponsors? Yeah. Um, Not any sponsors. Remedy Kombucha. If you're listening, <laughs> we love your product and we'd love to share it with the world. Yeah, Remedy yeah. Kombucha. Yeah, my it's my kombucha. kombucha. <laughs> um, oh. So, but speaking of... Uh, like getting getting these sorts of films made, I was intrigued mm. by the watermark at the beginning, not watermark, logo at the beginning of um, the Australian Film Finance Corporation, mm. which was unfamiliar to me. And I did some research. Did she? Uh, they were uh, active from 1988 to 2008, and they also funded Strictly Ballroom, Muriel's Wedding, and The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, my gosh. And then they were incorporated into Screen Australia. They were one of three organizations, three separate government funding organizations mm-hmm. that I guess it's in 2008, they were like, wait, maybe all of these should be one thing. And it just became Screen Australia. You hear that, Brandis? Money mm. the arts work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and we lost a lot in the last 20 years. You yeah. reckon? Yes. Because yeah. of that amalgamation? Yeah. And not well, just the amalgamation, just but the, yeah, the, the cut. The cuts in funding. Huge cuts. Mm, Brandis cuts 10 years ago. You know, Gough Whitlam pushed a lot of money into the arts and a lot of money that was like arm's length artistic creative funding. That was like, as a government, we shouldn't be saying what is made. We should just be giving the money. The last 10 years, it's been just decimated. Mm. Yeah. And we lost that. You know, we lost our story. The last 10, 15 years, even 20, Mm. I think we've lost a lot of Australian stories because of those cuts. And it's quite, you know, it, it disappoints me a great deal. Yeah, the funding were cut, but also government took a heavier hand in what was being in made. what was allowed to be made, yeah. yeah. On that note, can I just add? Can Please. somebody tell me how much it costs to put um, two hands together? How much? Oh, it I'd love that? to know. The producer in the room I would wanna, love to I want to guess. Can I guess? I'm going to guess 10 million. No, 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 no. 7 million. Mm-hmm. Bron? <sighs> Um, <laughs> if Australia was 130 million, mm. 
Yeah, I look, I'm going to go with 20 million. Yeah. Four. Oh! <laughs> it cost four million dollars, oh, and it was I, released. That's good. I in like nineteen, that. it made five million dollars. So it so actually it was, made it a profit. It was profitable, and that's very profitable. Yeah. and it was not released in America until two thousand and five, right? Oh, like ages Did, later. Yeah, when and, Heath was a star. Yeah, oh. when he started to make a name for himself, and they cut off fifteen minutes of it. What Which were the fifteen minutes? All the you know, not so good ones. All the, the Australian bits. bits. I oh. think, yeah. All the Australian <laughs> bits. <laughs> I haven't seen the really cut Australian version. Bits. I refuse to watch the cut version. Cut. So. Oh, cut. I did see some things on the internet when I was reading that some people were like, love the movie, needed to watch it with subtitles because the Australian accent is hectic. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is hectic it's, in this movie. It's not even, because it's not even just Australian, it's like that deep, drongo Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what, it, again, going back to Heath's accent, it was it's like good. hearing him talk like that, I was like, yes. yes. I like, yeah. I think it, it is, honest, again, all, all the love in the world to my um, crush David Wenham but <laughs> I do think it's the difference between his Australian accent and Heath's is I'm like <laughs> since we're talking about um, accents would you like to hear my favourite lines of the film okay so um, I had three favourite lines here the first was how can you be a Darrow and a history teacher oh it's a great <laughs> iconic uh, the second is I'm sorry dad we're going to have to find the cunt and do him <laughs> <laughs> but also just the way it was probably like it's yeah, the, the way delivery. It's, it's, it's the, the delivery. Way it said. And then my other favorite, which when I read this line, I was like, we should change the name of our podcast, but I'm not quite sure what to. But something inspired by this, maybe we should go out to the flicks sometime, eh? Oh yeah, chicks like the flicks. Chicks love the flicks. Oh my gosh, that should be us. Chicks love the flicks. Chicks do love the flicks. Yeah. What <laughs> about that could be mine? Mine, yes. You have another gun? That's when he's trying to <laughs> when he's trying to shoot him, right? No. no. Well, one in the oh, it's car. in the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. My it's favorite so line is not a line. It's just that Sharon coughing. Yes. Oh, that oh scene God. where she's and just that's coughing. It. Just... Like it's so good. She's, she's only thirty five. So yeah. <laughs> she's so no, funny. Heart, heart attack is the biggest killer of Australians over thirty. <laughs> she's just coughing and coughing until she smokes the cigarette and that's when she's finally yes. got relief. Yeah. That woman And that's no all notes, she does. An amazing <laughs> perfection. Scene. Amazing character building. Who is that actress? Was, I don't know. And she that was, was the really only good. scene and she stole that's the it. whole thing. Like she's so cool. And you remember her forever. I think she's my favourite character. Yeah. Um would you like me to tell you why this movie is called Two Hands, by the way? Yes. Oh, yes. So I, I'd, do I'd like you know to, Alpha Maya alone? I have in... my own version of it, but okay, I'd like to okay, hear Charlotte's. Okay. Because he wants to work with his hands. Really? He's good with his hands. When when Rose Byrne asks him, like, what if, what did I you want to do? He said, I want to do something with my hands. And he is doing something with his hands. So is that your interpretation? Yeah, that's my interpretation. It's like, do you want to build something or do you want to, like, tear something apart? When you said you... Obviously, it's why I think it's it is called. Obvious. I, I I know the reason. I, I know that. Know... <laughs> Bron just for those listening at home, Bron just gave me a look that could only be described as withering. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know the I meaning. Just... I know the meaning. Okay, Alphonse. Alphonse, tell us. Okay, I want you to watch. I, I want you to remember the very first scene at the cross when they were at the front wearing their tie and short sleeve shirt. Uh huh. 
Where was their hands? In their pockets. No, behind their back. Oh. Two hands behind your back. That's the rule. Oh. Your fruit. If you're a spruker at the cross, two hands behind your back. Oh. oh. Do they say so that in the movie? No, they, no, they don't. It's, it's just a, a, if you know the cross, you know. You know the cross. You know. That's the rule. So when they're standing around with their shirt, short sleeve shirt and a tie, they're standing around and, hey, come on down. And then they... But don't you think that that is as, at the same level of legitimacy as my theory? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> because Not what really, two hands no. stands for is there are a set of rules you follow in yeah. a game, oh. right? And you stick by those rules because if you break it, you're dead. Because even though the movie is set in the criminal underworld, there are rules, like there's like hierarchy and rules mm. within yes. the and world respect. that they follow. And, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's sort of like a law unto themselves. Also, the movie kind of reminded me at one point of that episode that Adventure Time episode where in the, they're in the land of stealing and everyone is stealing from everyone yeah. all the time. And it's sort of like you don't get sad from, because you're stolen from because in the next minute someone you're else gonna will have, get yeah, stolen Yeah, well, it's from. their bill, the, the, no, the, note, the note that comes, that around. comes around. And that is, I mean, it is such a masterfully written story. Yes. The way that things weave into each other and one person's decision affects a person over there and then it comes back around to them is so good. Yeah. Yes. And I also think... It's very satisfying. It's so satisfying and it's not annoying. Mm. It's not. It doesn't feel like they had a conclusion and then worked their way back. It feels like they let a story unfold and it just happened that neatly. It's a good film. One, oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I haven't seen it, but one of the scenes that was cut in the American version was her friend, the car accident. Oh, they cut. Oh, out, they that, cut. That's so important, though. But maybe they no. cut out all the bits with the kids, because that's its mm. own. No, no, no. The kids. The kids, the, the are, kids in are in it, but. Yeah. He doesn't get killed. Yeah, um, because that was too traumatic. But then how do they... So then how do they justify her going and shooting up spree. everyone at the end? Just random. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. They? Yeah. Boo. <laughs> American I cut. thought that her performance was so was incredible. And, I, and, I, and what's her name? Uh, Mariel McClory is That's her name. That's right. And she yeah. is no longer an actress, but she does still work in the film industry as a makeup artist. That's right. Interesting. She just got nominated for an actor award. Look at YouTube as a makeup artist. Doing your yeah. homework. <laughs> and her last major, you know, television, you know, kind of role was in Love My Way, which you know she's oh, really? become famous oh, for. Oh God, I love yeah. Love My Way. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know that. The the too hot to handle ten thousand dollar radio competition. Yes. Oh yes, that, that gag. Bit. I love that, that gag. Bit. Is just like every time I see them in the car, I just lose it. It's and good. you know, like, and you know how they they want it, like stand yeah, yeah, the yeah. speaker, and then the guy was just, hey, it's like, we want to give you ten thousand dollars. Just wave back. Just wave back. <laughs> I also that that and also the bit with the busker with the saxophone oh, yeah. <laughs> hits whole old mate over the head. So good. Well, Alf, you've obviously seen a lot of film, been involved in a lot of the Australian movie industry. So it's amazing that this is your tippy top of your favorites yes can you give us like what it is about this movie that makes it your number one the way the story was told mm. the performances um another person that another performer that we haven't mentioned 
yet is Susie Porter. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like Deidre. Brilliant. And again, her character and her husband, and you know, like the the, the mm, that, that family unit is just so typical. I, I, there was a scene when you know, like the camera was going down, and you know, in front of the house, and there were the cars parked. Yeah. That's my family's really. Front yard. Yeah. Like that's how it is. Like you know. You see, this is the thing about villains. They don't see themselves as villains. They see themselves as people just going about their daily lives. Well, I think that's it. These characters, they were just like, this is what we're up to. This is how we get by. I also love the parenting in the film. Like, it really rounded people out as like... I do this by the day, but also got to put the kids to bed, but also got to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how the time was frozen, like the pterodactyl, the, the origami. Oh, yeah. That is so 90s. Yes. Right? Bron, what, do you, what was the biggest lesson that you learnt from watching Two Hands about film? Oh, I think maybe this is more story and character driven. I think there was something about staying true trying to capture that authentic character is so pleasing I don't know how you do that like how do you capture those characters so well do you know what I mean I do know what you mean and I don't know how you yeah. do it we, we might just have to watch the movie a bunch more times that's what I would want to take away and plonk into this yes. new Frankenstein film that we're going to make yeah it's like really those beautiful giving you only need one scene where the mm-hmm. character just gets such a good idea of their world yes Yes. And they feel so true and exact. And on that, I I was trying to think of a good joke lesson for me, but actually I have something real mm. because it's tied to what you're talking about. The close-ups in this film have stuck with me. Like, it's beautifully The shot. use of close-up is so deliberate. It's not mm. just like, oh, let's, and now let's go in close. It's like, it feels like every extreme close-up is tied to a character making a life-changing decision mm. or tied, even a decision they don't know is going to be life-changing and the patience and the lingering on an actor's face and the subtleness of the performances in each of those moments has like, I feel like I can just like picture them as a slideshow. We can't finish this episode without talking about the scene where they where Alex Roseburn and Jimmy Heath Ledger fall in love yes that's it that's one of the moments because that I'm really thinking about that scene it's short it happens early on in the film it's and it's re- cliche it's cliched it's really different tone style for the rest of from the rest of the movie but I watched it I got goosebumps and I was like I am falling in love yes as they are both falling of in you. love yes like the, when he looks through the camera at her and she like shoots that look down the she barrel. just like stops doing anything I'm getting shivers thinking about it now <laughs> Legi- I'm having a legitimate like physical You're having reaction. A, I can see it happening to you, and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I can I just say that you, you're describing that, and all the things that you know. The thing that kept you know reminding me is that when he walked in because he was late, oh, you know, and yeah. you know, for work, after. and he was sweating, he was still huffing and yeah, puffing, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like and, and and he was being interrogated, and you know, like said, oh, you know, like you, you, Kiwi Bob, uh, you know, like you beat you're Kiwi Bob. You know, and blah blah blah, and he was just like, yeah, yeah. Now I've I've got a job for you, and the transition between that that guy moment of love to oh, we're back in business. We're straight back into the grubbiness, and you're like, yeah, yeah. It's this lightness and this beauty, and and it really it makes you. That's the moment that makes you root for him, because I think that otherwise you could just be like, oh, he is just kind of like this, like 
Darrow, no good, whatever. Yeah. And he's going to go wherever he's going to go. But that moment is the moment that makes you, like, love him for his humanity. But it and... also is what, like, cranks up the tension the whole way through because you're like, I there's, want... there's, a, there's a slim chance that he makes it through all this and he can make it out the other side and have this life over here Go and build her. boats with Roseburn. Yeah. Because yeah. if he didn't have that, you'd be like, he's just... Oh, and that actually makes me quite sad as well, I guess, because it's like when you think about Heath Ledger as a performer, it's so impossible not to think about the sliding doors of his life. Life. Well, what a pleasure to speak about this movie with a living legend. The Al. living legend that is my dad, Alfred Nichtel. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us. The only reason why I'm here is I just want to say that if there's anyone listening to this podcast and you've got lots of money, right, can you please do sponsorship? Remedy because... Kombucha. Yeah. All in all. All in all. I give this movie two hands. Two hands. <laughs> <laughs>